Hey gamers, welcome to the games, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 221 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. This podcast was recorded on January 15th of 2020. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a few things that I've played recently. Wingspan, Point Salad, A Little Clank Legacy, and A Fist Full of Meeples. I also talk about a few of the things that I want to play, like a Tainted Grail, and a little Return to the Dark Tower. Yes, Restoration Games is finally releasing it. Well, it's on Kickstarter at least, so hope you enjoy the episode and hope you enjoy what's coming up in the future. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome back to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are in episode 221. And while we have taken a hiatus for a little while, I'm hoping that this will be the start of, or the start, or I guess I should say continuation of what was supposed to be season two of the podcast um, when I had restarted this sometime last year. Um, 2019 was kind of a crazy year for us. There was a lot going on. Kim had some health issues during the beginning of the year. Our dog had some health issues during the summer. And then I had some um, surgery and health issues during the end of the year. So 2019 was an interesting year for us. I turned 50 years old as well. So still getting a little accustomed and used to saying that and just being able to let that sink in. Um, but I've still been playing some games. Kim and I have still been playing some games. Been going down to... Um, a couple of friendly local game stores. Uh, my old co-host, Eric, um, who used to be on the podcast with me, Eric Kurgatz, opened up his own game store in Parma, Ohio. Um, so if you're looking for a store to go to, he has a very nice selection of games. He also has a great area to play in, and um, we've been hanging out down there every now and then playing some games there. Uh, the name of his store is The Gaming Goat, um, Parma. So definitely check his place out. They do have very good prices on games. So that's something that a lot of people are going there for. And I wish him great luck in that endeavor that he's doing. But with season two and with everything that's been going on with us, like I said, a lot of changes came in 2019. Um, I have received or I have purchased some new equipment for videos. So hopefully we're gonna get back to doing some videos here soon. I got a new camera that we're using for the overhead shot. I've rearranged a couple of things. And in watching the way Rado's been doing things lately, and I'm going to borrow slash steal an idea from him, my old webcam I'm gonna turn into um, a little green screen close-up for cards. So this way I don't have to try to hold the card in front of the camera that's on the laptop, which was always rather tricky to do and never the easiest to do. So when I saw Rado do that and I purchased the new camera for the overhead shot, I said, I can kind of do this with the old camera. So I started playing around with XSplit and um, I think I got it figured out. It looked pretty cool. I was showing it to a few different people and they said it looks really good. So I'm not too sure what we're going to shoot as our first video, um, but we do have a couple of different games in mind and I have a whole backlog of things that I want to get videos for. For right now, I think with the podcast, I think we're going to do this every two weeks. I'm going to try to release a podcast probably around the middle of the month, around the 15th, and then probably around again around the end of the month, the 30th, 31st. Depending on what month it is in February, I guess it's going to be 29, since in 2020 here, we do have a leap year. Um, and I actually need to change the date on the my, my document for my show notes. It is not 2019 anymore. It is 2020. 
Um, but as always, you know, we can be found at all of our normal places for right now. What I'm playing now at gmail.com is our email. We still have the guild over on Board Game Geek, guild number 2440, Twitter and Instagram. I'm starting to get into Twitter again, and we've been posting things to Instagram every now and then. Um, some of the things we've been posting to Instagram, uh, my Tainted Grail game box that had shown up and then some of the more recent games that we've been playing we've been posting pictures to on there on facebook you can find us what i'm playing now just do a search for that twitch um, twitch.tv such what i'm playing now hopefully i'm going to be able to try to get into streaming again i'm not too sure how often i'm going to be able to do that but it is something i would like to maybe get back into at least one show weekly and then, of course, we'll be throwing all that stuff up on YouTube, youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. I think the last videos that we probably put up there were a couple of reviews. And then, of course, all the origin stuff that we had done back in June of 2019. So definitely check those out if you haven't checked out all the interviews that we did there. Um, but, of course, we have a couple of different uh, spots to the show and a couple of different sections. So the first one is, of course, what I'm playing now. We're going to keep the same format here for a little while. What I kind of like to do is if I can get some interviews set up, I do have some people in mind. Uh, maybe I'll alternate shows between what I'm playing now and interviews. If interviews start picking up a little bit more and if I start being able to game a little bit more, maybe we'll turn it back into a weekly podcast. Uh, but for right now, like I said, we're going to do it twice a month for the first couple of months just to try to get back into the swing of things and make sure we can keep this thing going and um, maybe hit episode 300 eventually here, which probably wouldn't be until uh, next year, probably at this time. So, all right, let's get into what I'm playing now. So one of the first games that we recently played uh, Kim has a friend, Stephanie Jessup, that is, um, that also does videos for podcasts or for, that does videos for board games. You may see her with Rodney Smith, um, from Watch It Played. She does a podcast that's called Dibs on Blue. And she actually does sign language with some of her videos as she used to be a sign language teacher. So I think that's really cool that she's incorporating that into the whole the whole board game type of um, reviewing that she's doing. Um, but we actually met up last week and got together and played a game of Wingspan. Kim and Stephanie had never played Wingspan before. Me and uh, my buddy Jim had previously played it. And I have to say, everybody's probably played Wingspan, I would probably say by now. It was the 2019 Kennerspiel des Jahres winner. So if you don't know what Wingspan is, Wingspan is a game that was designed by Elizabeth Hargrave. It was published by Stonemaier Games. And it is basically a game where you're bringing birds out into your tableau. You have a board in front of you that has three different kind of biomes on there. Birds will be have to have to be placed into one of those, and some of them are can only go into a specific biome, while others can go across multiple ones. To bring a bird into play, you actually have to pay food and then possibly some additional cost of some eggs. And the 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 presentation of this game is one of the things that not only is the gameplay great, but of course Stonemeyer knocked it out with the presentation on this one. Um, the cards, each card is a different bird and it has the statistics on the bird and what their wingspan is and everything. You have these nice little wooden eggs that come with the game that are colored a very multiple pastel colors in the game. And you also have a really cool 
bird house that is going to be your dice tower where you're going to be roll the dice and the dice is basically has different food on there so to bring a bird into play what you're going to do is you're going to have to pay the food cost possibly an egg if it's in one of the later columns in the on your tableau and you're just going to be building out kind of like your engine every time you do an action and some of the different actions that the four different actions that you can essentially do are to bring a bird into your aviary kind of like um, you can get food um, which is basically get a one die or more from the bird tower you can get eggs um, possibly two or more um, just from the supply and then the last action is basically drawing cards you have two different style of cards in the game one is all of the different bird cards and the other are bonus cards which are going to be kind of like your end game goal everybody's going to start off with one bonus card and a hand of bird cards and some food and you're just going to try to get your engine going uh, the interesting thing on this game is as you're playing the birds into your tableau and covering up the different spots when you do an action let's say i do the egg action and i want to actually receive some eggs and put the eggs on birds whatever cards i have covered up i'm going to put my um action token onto the next open space that will let me know how many eggs i get and then i'm going to move my action token to the left and move over each different bird and certain birds will actually have actions that you can activate at that time um, which is where your whole engine is going to get going and and you're just going to just start getting more resources and getting more things and it just gets to be really interesting really nice strategy not overly complicated very easy to learn very easy to pick up on but there is a lot of different strategy as there are different multiple ways you can go in the game as far as reaching some of those bonus goals um, you can pick up additional bonus cards during the game so the card that you start off with i know the card i started off with the other day wasn't necessarily how i finished the game because i don't even think the first bonus card i had obtained i even received any points for because i just didn't get any birds i think i, I had to have birds that ate fish and i don't think i had any birds that ate fish anywhere in my tableau um or maybe i maybe i did have like one card but it was it wasn't something i had concentrated on and i had other bonus cards that i had actually scored more points on so a lot of different strategy with the game like i said great production style from stonemaier games they always produce great things so if you haven't played wingspan yet i don't know what you're waiting for you definitely need to get that one to the table it is definitely definitely worth the 2019 kennerspiel de jara's winner and it's i could see why all right the next game that we played the other day when we were down at eric's store a little game called point salad this is a card based game it's from aldrack entertainment it, it was designed by molly johnson robert melvin and sean stankwick and this is a pretty simple game you essentially have three i think we played um i can't remember if we played a six player game i think we had three rows of cards and then there were three columns so at the top of each row you're going to have cards that are face down and basically the back of these cards are going to be what kind of like is your point salad it's going to be your end game point scoring so there could be a picture of you know two tomatoes is going to be a couple of points i think i had one where every two lettuce was five points uh, so on your turn, you can either take one of those face down cards and get get um, a card for end game scoring or below that 
row, there's going to be two other rows of kind of face-up cards, which are going to be all the different vegetables. You have onions, peppers, um, carrots, cabbage, tomato, lettuce. And from those six cards that are in front of you, there's going to be two rows of three. You're able to take two cards in your turn. So essentially, you could take one face-down card for endgame scoring or two vegetables to start building out how you're going to score your points. And that's pretty much the gist of the whole game. Uh, everybody's going to be going around the table doing one of those two actions. And once all the cards are gone, you're going to score points. And that's going to be pretty much the gist of it. But it is really cool because I was able to get some really good endgame scoring points that people weren't stopping me from getting. And I got very lucky in that the cards that I needed for kind of like my set collection, I had a couple of different cards that required three different vegetables. I had a lot of duplication amongst those cards across the vegetables. So I think I had a couple of cards that required both carrots and cabbage. So I had a nice row of those going and it covered me to score points on multiple cards. And at the end of the game, when you're scoring your points, once a card's used, it can be used to score other cards. So, you know, it's 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 really easy to start getting some really, you know, points racked up if you can, you know, really stick to kind of what you're kind of going for and other people aren't going for, you know, the same vegetables. So it's a lighter game, nice little filler game. But I have to say, uh, we had a really good time with it. It was really fun. Plays pretty quick. It's really not much time. You know, there's really not much thinking to either taking a face down card or two ups to two face up vegetables. So um, definitely check this one out. We had a lot of fun with it. Point salad. All right. The next game that Kim and I are digging our teeth into and um, we're really liking so far is Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated. This is a game that was published by Dire Wolf Digital, Penny Arcade, Renegade Game Studios, and it was designed by Andy Clautus and Paul Denon. Uh, if you're familiar with Clank, you know what Clank is. Clank is basically a deck-building style game. Uh, what you're doing in Clank is you're trying to basically build your deck. You're trying to have your character maneuver its way into the depths of the dungeon and obtain a relic and then come back up and score the more more points than your um, opponents. Uh, the legacy game, I have to say, is is somewhat similar. There are a few rule changes, so definitely be careful with that. Don't just jump into Clank Legacy thinking, I know how to play Clank and play it the same way. Definitely pick up on some of the rule changes. Um, the games we've played so far, I have to say, we're unlocking a lot of things in the game very quickly. Um, we are not playing cooperatively. We are playing against each other. You can do this either way, they say, in the rules for this game. Um, normally, Clank is, pay is played competitively. Uh, but they kind of say in the Legacy version, if you kind of do want to maybe play a little bit more cooperatively, you will still be scoring points independently and somebody will be a winner at the end of the game. If you want to work together, you can kind of unlock more items that way. And Kim and I have kind of just been going our own separate ways down through the dungeon, doing our own different things and trying to accomplish different tasks and goals. Um, I don't want to try to spoil too, too much. So I'm trying to be very vague with a lot of the verbiage and words that I'm using here. Um, but I have to say, 
what we've seen of Clank Legacy so far, it's, I'm I'm very very excited to get more of this game played and see how this one's going to end. Um, we haven't enjoyed a game this much um, Legacy style game this much since Charterstone, and um, where we've been having a lot of fun with it. So Clank Legacy from Renegade Game Studios, of course, Renegade does great games, and they put out another winner with um, getting the guys from Penny Arcade involved, Acquisitions Inc. Um, so check out Clank Legacy if you are a fan of deck builders. If you like Legacy, this is a good culmination of both of those. Clank Legacy gets another thumbs up from us. We're having a great time with it. And then one of the last games that we played uh, the other day when we were down um, having our big gaming night and got a bunch of filler games and a bunch of smaller games, which we normally don't do. Normally when we get together, we're normally playing a lot more heavier Euros, bigger games where we're playing maybe maybe one game an evening. A lot of times, uh, the other night we had like six people down there and rather than split up into a couple of different groups, we just stayed into one group and we were trying to play a bunch of different um, lighter games, filler games and games that kind of like, you know, let six people play at one time. Um, but uh, one of the last games we played was just a straight four player game. And that was A Fistful of Meeples. A Fistful of Meeples was published by Final Frontier Games and it was designed by Johnny Pack Canton. And this game is an interesting little Moncala style game. You're going to have different, I guess you could say, workers in multiple buildings. There's a board that's going to be in the middle of the table. There are six different buildings on each side. On one side of the board, you're going to have a jail. On the other side, you're going to have a saloon. And then kind of like in between the two buildings in kind of like the road, um, on each side is where you're going to be able to place a worker which is where you're going to be doing a duel against prob against another opponent. Um, and that's pretty much going to be the most random part of the game. To do the duels, you do have to roll a die, but it also comes into play what strength of character you do have, you, you know, you've put there, as there are multiple types of characters that are placed in the board. You have um, brown meeples, which are going to be your builders. You have blue meeples, which are your sheriffs. Red meeples, which are kind of like your robbers, your thieves. Um, and then you have gold workers, which are your miners. Uh, the board gets kind of set up. I think there's three kind of meeples workers in every location. And the first player is just going to pick up all those workers from one location and then either go clockwise or counterclockwise and start putting them down and then taking the actions based on the color. A uh, builder is going to let you use either iron or gold to possibly put one of your um, kind of like, I don't want to say saloon tokens, but kind of like marquee tokens over the building. So this way you kind of own that building and you can score it at the end of the game, or you can upgrade that marquee token and flip it over and get more points at the end of the game for it. I think the original points is five and you flip it over and I think it's 10, um, if I remember correctly on that. And I have to say for a Moncala game, I we had a lot of real fun with this one. Um, as far as the dueling goes with the die, each player is just gonna roll a six-sided die. Um, and I, I don't have any problem with that, that little bit of randomness there. Uh, the main chunk of the game is coming from the Moncala part where you're basically picking up those workers and placing them down and trying to just optimize what you're able to do and figure out, you know, what buildings you can purchase. And our game board kind of ended up really crazy because if you, div we had four people playing and since you have six buildings, I had the three buildings in front of me. 
the next person next to me had the three buildings in front of them. And then across from us, the guys were the same way. So all of us owned three buildings and all of us owned all three buildings right in a row, right in front of us. So I'm not too sure how that kind of ended up that way. Um, and it kind of just did, um, which I thought was actually really funny because I don't know if that will ever happen again. A couple of guys had said that they had played uh, the game with two player. They said the game definitely plays much better with a four player. There was a lot more competition for everything, especially the buildings. Um, they said in two players, the game just felt really different than it did with four. I mean, with four, they were just like, they said it was just a lot more tense. Um, we had a lot of um, dueling going on. It seemed like every other person was getting into a duel or something and dice were being rolled and you know one of the meeples was dying and it would be really crazy we were kind of talking at the end of the game if they came out with an expansion where maybe they had like um maybe a mortician or something in the game they added that and it could actually maybe bring back some of the meeples from the graveyard or something throw in something crazy like that um i could definitely see this game getting an expansion it's a small box game it's definitely not a big game the the game board itself is rather small the workers are pretty small and it's just you know it's, it's just a very compact game but there's still a hell of a lot of strategy in this one and i have to say all four games that we played, you know, recently, especially this one, this was another really fun game. And I could definitely recommend this one as well. If you haven't gotten a fistful of meeples to the table, you might want to check it out. Um, like I said, I haven't played it with two. A couple of the other guys at the table said they played it with two. It definitely had a different feeling between the two and four, like they said. Um, but it, it sounded like they still really had a good time playing with just two. So it de doesn't sound like the two player game is broken, um, but they said it definitely does have a different feel to it. So those are the four games we're going to talk about under what I'm playing now. We're going to jump over to what I want to play now. Uh, there's a couple of things that I've recently received from Kickstarter. One of the things being um, part or most of my pledge for Tainted Grail, the Fall of Al Avalon. Um, I haven't had a chance to play the actual physical version. I've gone through the game. I've sleeved most of the game. I've glanced through some of the roles. I just haven't had a chance to play it um, on the weekend. Yet, I'm hoping maybe this coming weekend I can get this one to the table. I really want to already. Um, but I have played around some with the digital version since I was um, one of the original backers of the game. They were able to give us... I got into the early alpha of the digital version and played it very early on. And I have to say the digital version plays wonderfully. If you're looking for a good representation of a board game... If the actual physical game plays anything like the digital, I have a feeling this game could jump into possibly uh, my top 10 easily um, because the digital version was just very, very well done. Uh, the story in the digital version, they say, is totally separate and different from what you will play in the actual physical version. So there's no overlap there. You won't be spoiling anything by playing that. So I thought that, 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 was, I thought that was really cool that they did that. Um, if you're not familiar with Tainted Grail, uh, it was actually published by Awaken Realms. It was a Kickstarter game. Um, and the designers is Christoph Piskorski and Marcin Swikert, Swikot, Swikot. So if I massacred those names, I definitely apologize. I had a feeling once I looked at those that that was going to be kind of tricky to play, say. Um, but uh, Tainted Grail is something I definitely want to get to the table, hopefully in the next week or so. Um, I can't wait to get to get to it, especially, like I said, since playing the digital, the digital version was really, really good. And then, of course, we have the one game that I have been um, talking about on Twitter 
um, over the past several years to restoration games. Everybody's been screaming for bring back Dark Tower. Give us Dark Tower. Come on, restoration games, do this. Well, guess what? Return to Dark Tower has hit Kickstarter. And if you haven't seen it, I believe Dice Tower did an actual live playthrough the other day when it actually went live. Um, I caught a little bit of that. And I have to say, even though Dark Tower is now going to be a co-op game being published by Restoration Games and designed by Isaac Childress, Noah Cohen, Rob Davio, Justin Jacobson, Brian Neff, some really big names in that designer list there. Um, even though it is going to be co-op and looks to be quite different than the original Dark Tower that I grew up playing, that I still need to get my damn tower fixed that I've talked about in I don't know how many podcasts already. Um, this game does look pretty good, I have to say. Uh, from watching what I saw, it looks really good. Um, I'm going to be picking it up. I don't think I'm going to be able to pass this one up. I'm definitely going to have to play this one for myself. And even though Kim isn't the biggest lover of co-op games, she's getting a little bit warmer to, to them and a little bit more receptive. So I'm hoping this is one we'll get um, a lot of good plays out of because the, the Dark Tower in this game does look to be really, really, really cool. They've done some really cool things with this. The board... Looks like they've just done a very nice graphical upgrade on the old style board um, that we had. And um, I'm really excited to actually see this game come to fruition and see what um, these designers can do with this and, and bring, bring to us, um, considering Dark Tower was one of my favorite games growing up. So those are a couple of things that I want to play now. And I think that's going to be it for the first episode. I didn't want to make the first episode too, too long, considering I haven't been doing this for quite a while. I was hoping this was going to be kind of like just riding a bike, hopping back onto it and just start pedaling and going away. Um, so hopefully everybody um, let your friends know that the podcast is back. Uh, I have not looked at how many subscriptions we have recently and what the downloads have been doing. I need to start paying attention for that and start um, trying to get the word out that uh, the what I'm playing now podcast is back and will be back. And hopefully we won't have to take any more long breaks for any more sort of health reasons or anything like that. Hopefully 2020 is going to be a good year for us and for all you out there in the gaming universe. But um, you kind of know what to go do now. Go play some games and let me know what you're playing now. Until next time, everybody, you have a great time gaming and we'll see you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye bye. 